podcast, Cinderella Chats. I'm your host, Cinderella Field. Yes, that's really my name. Along with your co-host, Sandy Hunter. We are so excited to be here to share some insight about life, love, and relationships. So let's get to it. Good morning, Sandy. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Well, I'm great. (laughs) Other than my allergies. So I'll put a little disclaimer down there. If I sneeze a couple times, I will apologize for it beforehand. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. So what are we talking about today? So I told you that I've gone back to church where I went to church for a long time in Tulsa. And there's this new pastor that is phenomenal. And even when I can't make it in there, I mean, I watch his sermons. Mm -hmm. And so I picked up a book that he has on Matthew chapter one through chapter four. But he has something really interesting that he's been doing for the last two weeks so far. But he started it out like this. I mean, Matthew chapter one through chapter four is all about testing and temptation for Jesus. Yes. That leads into a lot of other things, and I'm sure that he'll go through the whole book of Matthew. But he posed this question, just like a man would, about, you know, a playbook, (laughs) football game. And I know that you saw the first one. Um, What would you do if you could see, this is the question he posed, what would you do if you could see the devil's playbook to ruin your life? And I thought, wow. Yeah, that's loaded. Wouldn't that be great to have, though? Just think, think of all the interference you could run. You wouldn't have to be surprised by Satan anymore. You would know exactly where he's coming at you at. But why doesn't God let us have it? I think for lessons, um, we become more teachable, a little more humble when we go through trials, maybe. Well, I know I went through all sorts of emotions. Mm-hmm. and. Even by getting upset with him, you know, mm-hmm. which is, I think, a natural reaction a lot of times, especially when we go through trials and we don't I think it's lack of understanding. We can't understand the situation or wrap our mind around the situation at hand. And a lot of times we do. We can get aggravated. I can see that. The reason I mean, one of the things that, you know, got my attention was that even God allowed Jesus to be tempted and tested. And so God gives and gave Jesus a choice too, I think. Mm -hmm. And he gives us choices. And that's really important to make the right choices. But we as human beings do not always make right choices, do we? No, absolutely not. Um, I think sometimes people who are non-Christian that look at Christianity in itself I think they have this misunderstanding that we all think we're perfect and we never make any mistakes. And um, we're a bunch of hypocrites running around that are trying to speak God's word, but we're spewing things out of the side of our mouth. Um, And I'm not going to say that that doesn't happen because there are a lot of hypocritical Christians running around. I myself in point, I'm guilty of it, you know, at one point in time in my life. I just think the world has a skewed view of Christianity. 
think that's why you have so many people reaching out, trying to find an answer that's just not out there without God. Does that make sense? Am I making sense? I mean, yes. But I think that in order to make good choices, we as Christians are given, you know, the word of God, for that reason. Yeah, to guide us. Right, and his commandments. Mm-hmm. And he gives us 10 commandments. Mm-hmm. And so the reason that God gave us commandments is for our own good. Sure. It wasn't to like beat us on the head and say, you're going to do this, you're going to do this. He still gives us choices. Mm-hmm. And so will we choose to follow him or follow ourselves? Right. And I think every day when we wake up first thing in the morning, when our eyes open up, we start making choices. We choose to get out of bed, which sometimes is a hard one for me. We choose to get out of bed. We choose what we want to drink in the morning. We choose what we want to eat, what we want to wear, where we're going, how we're spending our time. Everything in this world is about choices. The funny thing with choices, though, is whenever you do make a choice or a decision, there are this little thing called consequences. So we have to remember to really seriously sit back and think, what is our purpose for today? Where is God leading us? Where is God taking us? Um, What choices are going to be good choices that are going to affect the people around us? God commands us to go. He commands us to walk the same steps that Christ did, and he commands us to spread his word. Well, with that, there are a lot of choices we have to make, and are they the right choices for us at that moment in time? That's why that playbook would be so interesting to have. <laughs> I think it would. I think it could definitely lead or lead us in better directions because we would know where this where the attacks were going to be coming from from Satan. You know, we would know. The last podcast that we did, I ended it with you know talking about what I wrote to preface the book that I did, mm-hmm. and I also talked about you know, making a choice to have sex outside of marriage. Right. And what that led to. Consequence. Absolutely. I had to go through a pregnancy by myself. Yes. Because I made that choice. Okay. I chose not to call him and tell him about it until my son was five, six weeks old. And then it just went from there and it went from there and it went from there. And I do believe that God's intention was for us to be together for many reasons. And maybe I'll get into it at some point, but I I don't, I mean, I just don't believe in accidents. You know that. No, absolutely. Me neither. No. So, and we ended up getting married and this is why I think it's so important to go through, you know, some of the commandments and just, you know, the covenants that you took. Yes. I mean, there are covenants of different, there's earthly covenants and then there's covenants between you and God. Well, look at all the covenants God had with Israel. I mean, I think there's just five covenants in itself right there. Right. Exactly. So there's, there's, there's many covenants and basically it's just a, 
trial by error type of thing when you reach out and choose to make that covenant bond with somebody or in some situation. A contract, it's like a contract without the emotional attachments. A covenant is an emotional thing of the heart that you make with somebody, you know, similar to a contract, but not exactly the same. Well, it's, but it's different because it's with you. Personal. God Mm -hmm. and the other person. Yep. Very personal. Mm -hmm. Between you, God, and the other person. Yep. And I mean, we went through and it was funny when I was researching this, how uh, Dr. Tony Evans um, videos came up on, you know, covenants. Right. And the covenant marriage and how specific it is and, and what it means to be in a covenant marriage mm-hmm. and then decide that you're not going to. Right. And I will tell our listeners that if you haven't listened to Tony Evans and any of his videos you can find on YouTube about marriage, go listen to him. He is a very brilliant man. He actually, which where I'm going with this now is I was really, really impressed with his teachings on the covenant. He told a story of a gentleman who was looking in his bedroom. He had noticed when he got up one morning that there was a crack in his wall. He told his wife about it. And his wife said, well, call someone out and have him fix it. Well, he called out a painter and said, you know, here's this crack. Can you fix it? Painter fixed it. And then he noticed about three or four months later that that crack was back and had even spidered out even bigger. And so he can't called the same painter back, tried to hold him responsible. You know, you didn't fix this the first time. Painter came out and said, I'll fix it again. So he fixed it again. Third time, cracks in the wall, even further down, festered out even further. And he said, well, fine, this painter is just not fixing it. So he called out another painter and the other painter came into his bedroom and he was looking at the cracks and he said, you know, I just can't fix this for you. And he looked at the painter and he said, "Uh, what? You're a painter. What do you mean you can't fix it? He said, because this, the cracks are not your problem. They're just, they're just a symptom of your problem. And the problem is in your foundation. Absolutely. He said, your, your room has shifted. You have a foundation problem. And until you get that foundation problem, you're going to continue to patchwork these cracks. And then Tony said, until you solidify your foundation in your marriage, until you work on the foundation of your marriage, you're gonna, if you don't do that, you're going to continue to patch things into your in your marriage until they're no longer patchable. Until but that's if you decide they're no yes. longer patchable. Absolutely. But in a covenant relationship with God and two other people, what did he say about having a way out? He said, there is no way out. There's only two ways that the Bible speaks of that you can actually plead for in a divorce. And this is the crazy thing. This is what I thought was very interesting. 
we go to church to get married before God, before God and witnesses and make this covenant. Mm -hmm. And then we decide when we don't want to do it anymore, we go to court to get a divorce. Right. And I, you know, I was there. Yes. So the only reasons that the Bible gives us that you can walk away from your marriage is if you are in an adulterous situation or you are standing on the grounds of being unequally yoked, meaning that one of you is a believer, one's not, and all that friction is there, the whole abusive stuff, stuff that God would never want either partner to have to go through. But that's after exhausting everything, because I think sometimes people forget that um, a covenant provides covering. So when you're in a covenant with your spouse or your significant, you know, other, you are under protection of God. It's like an umbrella. It doesn't mean that you're still not going to get rained on, but it means during all any kind of trials or tribulations that you have God there at your fingertips to help you through the issues. And I think some people forget that. It's a personal insurance of some sort, kind of like that God gives you when you take a covenant with him. And do you know he takes these covenants serious? Covenants are very serious for God. Um, They're like a warranty, but the only way that you can hold this warranty true is as long as the covenant is being used for what it was meant to be used for. Does that make sense? Well, I mean, I think that Dr. Evans says it in a different way Um, because, I mean, before he will even marry someone again, he has a meeting with them and he wants to know exactly if, if they've been married before, he wants to know exactly what caused that. Because, I mean, he asserts that marriage is a covenant made before God and the divorce breaks that covenant, except in circumstances such as unrepented immorality right. and desertion mm-hmm. by an unbeliever, by an unbeliever. Right. And then scripture goes into it even further. I mean, God was confronted. I mean, not God, but Jesus was confronted by Pharisees mm-hmm. and said, why did Moses give people the right to get a divorce? And he says, I tell you the truth. In the beginning, that's not the way that my, that my father intended. He didn't intend for people to get a divorce. I mean, there are very few places in the Bible that God says he hates anything and he hates divorce Mm -hmm. because Tony Evans talks about, and I don't even know if it was in the video that I sent you, but he talks about the real reason that he hates it because it breaks the relationship with him. Yes. And that's what I said. The covenant is that relationship, that personal relationship that you have with God and you vowed to each other that you will take care of one another. And because God created us to complement each other. And when you go into a covenant like that, far from what many people think, we are not perfect people. We're not. We each lack in certain areas. 
So when we make a covenant with another person, God sees that. And a lot of times the other person compliments our faults and we compliment the other person's faults. And with that, with that covenant, we become one and we become the best of one person can be. So, um, covenants definitely are important. And I think in today's society, it's just like a drive through divorce. You know, you don't want to be married anymore. Drive through divorce. Not a problem. Well, he simply says in one of them, and, and this is not verbatim, uh, that I'm quoting him right now, but he said, you just can't get a divorce just because you want one. Right. For no reason. Okay. I mean, it's just impossible. And that's why they talk about, and I believe it's in Matthew 19, where, and let me go there really quick. Uh-huh. Which I think, you know, it's, we just look at people, we're just in a different time right now. What does that mean? That people just don't see covenants as much of an important thing. We're in such a selfish me society right now. But does that change the word of God? No, it doesn't. I mean, that's where I am confused, to be honest with you. And I know, and, and you've heard what I told the person that I was married to before he left here, mm-hmm. what God was telling me to do. Right. And what was that? Stand up for women in marriage. Stand the up for institution marriage. of marriage. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Stand up for because marriage. Because it says his institution that created it. It wasn't man that created it. It was God that created it. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, it goes back to the beginning of Genesis. Mm-hmm. He saw that Adam was alone and that was not good. Okay. Right. And, and he provided him, he wanted to give him a helpmate. But mm-hmm. here's the thing, ladies, let me just tell you this much. No offense, gents, but when God talked to Adam about the tree of knowledge, which Tony Evans says, he calls it the Google. It cracked me up because the Google tree. Um. Yeah, don't go to your don't don't go to Google and don't go to your friends. Yes. He even said that when yeah. when men think that they're just going to get a way out, mm-hmm. a way out. Mm-hmm. He said, "Don't go to your friends. No, last last people that you want to go to. You go to God, right? And the church. Yes, yes. And so when he's talking about this tree of knowledge, the Google tree, he said that God Himself gave Adam the, Adam the instruction for the tree. So when Eve, that's why Satan completely bypassed Adam because he honed in on Eve because he knew God had not given her any instruction regarding the tree that what she only knew is from what Adam had told her. So Satan completely bypassed Adam, went right to Eve, influenced Eve. We all know how the story goes, but technically, inevitably, Adam is the one held responsible because when God went through the garden, he said, Adam, where are you? He didn't say Adam and Eve, where are you? He said, Adam, because Adam was given responsibility over that entire garden. Just like the husband is given the responsibility of being over the entire marriage. It is the husband's obligation to make sure that the things within the household and the marriage 
are going smoothly, which doesn't mean that they're not going to have issues or problems, but it's the husband's job to plead his case before God and ask for help on what to do. It's not his job just to run out the door and throw around ultimatums. You know what I mean? Because the Bible specifically says that we are the helpmate, but that doesn't mean that our job is only here to cook dinner, have the babies, keep the house clean. We are an equal, which means that communication becomes such an important thing within marriages. And I think there's just been such a huge breakdown of communication. Would you agree? Would I agree? Absolutely. There has been, and I'm sorry, my voice is really messed up today because I don't know, allergies or just, Mm -hmm. you know, leftover stuff of the upper respiratory infection or whatever. So I apologize. But um, that's why, I, I mean, oh, I don't know. It's just so difficult in the world today to stay on track with what God has given us to stay on track with, but he have, he has given us the foundation that we need. We choose to, as a society and a culture and the church refuses to stand up and say, look, this is the way that we're going to do it in our church. I mean, that's what Tony Evans says. He, he says, this is the way we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Yes. He's very adamant and running is not an option. Running is not an option. I just think Satan is just here to kill, steal, and destroy, and probably even at a greater reach right now. Because like I said before, he's just really blazing right now. He is up front and center and doesn't even care. You know, used to Satan would be sneaky and cunning and you pictured him sitting in the dark corners and, and slithering around. Um, but now he walks right down the middle of the street with a big banner. Right. Right. And so that's why we have to go to scripture. And that's what Tony Evans says. He said, and, and he talks about, I mean, there's, it, it doesn't say in scripture that Anywhere in scripture that women are supposed to love men, he says they're supposed to respect them. That's right. Okay. So, but men are called to love their wives. So this is what it says in Ephesians 4, 21 through, let's go through, well, let's go through what it says to, you know, it says submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And it says, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Well, that's kind of hard for us to accept today as women, right? Right. Husbands. In 25, it says, husbands, love your wife just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. 
He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one hated their own body, but they fed and cared for their body, just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. So Christ was sacrificial. He died for us, right? Yes. So that is what this scripture calls a man to do. That's a big, huge responsibility. And that's what you enter into. And that's what Tony Evans talks about. When you go into a covenant relationship, that's it, period. Mm -hmm. Solemn oath made by a husband and a wife in a marital covenant. That's why I think it's so important for women to know before they enter into anything like this. Or even think about, oh my gosh, I want to get married because I just want to fall in love and it's all going to be great and a fairy tale. Well, I'm here to tell you life is no fairy tale. Right. Okay. This is a real world and the real world that we live in today is messed up. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then he also talks about, he also talks about going into the court and saying, I want a divorce. Okay. Tony Evans says, you don't, you, you don't, you don't get married in the church. Okay. Before God, this is a godly covenant and you don't enter into a godly covenant and then go to a judge in a courtroom and say, I want a divorce. Right. Okay. You just don't do it. It does sound weird. Doesn't now? I've never thought about it before, but when you said it like that, I thought, well, that makes perfect sense. Right. And you do know, just like some of my other friends know, but no one knows this, but a few of my close, close friends, even though I filed for the divorce, mm-hmm. I was threatened. And I, I mean, I didn't leave my house, our house, mm-hmm. our home. The other party did. And I was, I, I didn't know what else to do. Right. And I asked the attorney to withdraw that divorce within five days of that happening. And he refused to refused to. Right. Okay. Which is illegal. It's yeah. It's a, it's, it's a violation Mm -hmm. according to the oath that they take. Right. And the things that they promise not to do, but that is what happened. And no one knew that. No. Okay. And he told me to wait until the temporary order had been taken care of and that the other party had already counterfiled when indeed, I mean, the 16th of March and it was about the 20, I think it was the 23rd that I asked him to do that of March. Well, the counterfiling didn't happen until April, first part of April. And I have the exact dates because it's all of court record. Oh, yeah. Everything's court record. Yes. Isn't that, that's just. And so, yes. And that's, I mean, and I could literally not get out of. And if that had been done Mm -hmm. when you asked, Mm -hmm. you could be sitting in a whole different situation right now. 
possible. Very possible. Very possible. Mm -hmm. But see, that's what happens when both people don't do what they're supposed to do. Right. Where that is concerned, because I wasn't the only one. Mm -hmm. And um, Dr. Evans talks about what the real problem is, is that divorce has become so easy. And in the next segment, we'll go through that because who else believes that, Sandy? Right. Who else? Mm -hmm. Who's been talking about that for how long? Long time. Me. Mm -hmm. No fault divorce was a big mistake. But once you crack the door open, just like you talked about the cracks in the walls, Mm -hmm. it is hard to stop the cracks from spreading. Yes, the bleeding. And then Mm -hmm. it messes up what? The foundation. Which affects the family, which affects the children, which affects everything. It's just a slow trickle. Yes, I mean, I think that God doesn't hate that you have to split your money or you have to, you know, pay alimony or child support or, you know, split property or whatever the case may be. He does not like it because it's a broken covenant Mm -hmm. because he no longer pays attention to you. Mm -hmm. Guess what? You're no longer under covering. No. And Tony Evans explains that very clearly. Well, just and like so that a, you, you cause your children problems too. Absolutely. And for generations to come, not just, I mean, and their children and their children and their children. And when, once that hurt is there, it's really hard to, to undo it. Um, it's hard. It's almost like, it's like a PTSD effect. <laughs> it sounds crazy, but it's true. You know, a covenant is never, there's no end date on a covenant. It's for the rest of your life. No. Contracts have end dates. Mm -hmm. Some of them. Almost all contracts. Uh, Yes. I mean, it it might even say, you know, Uh this, this may not be finalized or finished, or it may not be any good upon death. Right. Well, it, it usually specifies a part of a person's property or service or something that's being rendered. There's usually a deadline Mm -hmm. or unlike a covenant involves a person's total well-being. We're talking it extends beyond performance, health use, health issues, financial stuff. It's just a lifelong promise of, of fidelity. Between two people. Between two people. Before God, Before the third God. person. Absolutely. Yes. That's why it's the Trinity. Mm-hmm. So, but Tony Evans talks about what has become so easy and why it's such a problem is the no fault divorce. Right. Because all of a sudden you've given anyone that wants it any way out that they want, but that's only for here on earth. That has nothing to do with getting an out with God. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. So I just don't think people really understand the importance of what they're saying when they make those covenants. You know what I mean? Everyone stands up there and takes this covenant vow when they get married until death do his part and sickness and health. But do you really understand what those words truly mean? If people really step, I've always been an avid person for counseling, you know, couples counseling, oh, therapy, really? all of that. Hmm. Well, I'm talking about um, beforehand, before marriage. Oh, absolutely. You, they really need Mm -hmm. to know, couples really need to know what they're stepping off into. And if they have a doubt in any of those areas, 
my suggestion would be go to a counselor, go to a couple's therapist before you get married. Well, go to a church. Go to a church. Go, go, go to your pastor and really take your questions before him and make sure you know where your boundaries are. Make sure you know and completely understand what you're really getting ready to get into. I think lack of knowledge here is where a lot of these young couples are getting in trouble because I think they're making these covenants and they're just thinking in their mind, like the young man that told me, oh, well, I'll just get married and then I'll find, you know, my real true love and we'll be happily married ever after. You know, let me get the first one over with. <laughs> I will never forget that as long as I live. Well, but I, I mean, that it's not really the young people that are doing this so much. I mean, all they're doing is following suit. They see, you know, monkey see, monkey do. Right. They see, you know, other men and women doing these same things and they start doing it because people are getting a divorce for no. I, I mean, Tony Evans says you can't get a divorce based upon I'm not happy. I want out. Uh, you can't do I want, that. I want, I want. No, you can't. You know, but they don't know the first thing about even taking a, a a Christian covenant like that of marriage. How many of these couples that really get married? How many would you say pray together every day as a couple? You mean really pray together? Yeah, pray together mm. as a couple. That means both people participating in it. Yeah, imagine that. Yeah, there's, that's the way it's supposed to be done. There's, there's a thought. Yeah, and I'm guilty. I've been married 31 years, and there are a lot of times me and my husband haven't prayed together, but. I know that that would be some great advice to those out there. Pray together. Second, never use the word divorce. How many times have you heard in fighting and things like that? I'm just, I just want a divorce. You throw it out there so loosely. That's the one thing I can say between me and my husband. We've never thrown those words out. We don't even speak those words in our household. And what would be so bad as a couple? to where you sit down and you sign a true covenant. I'm not talking about a marriage license. We have to do that legally with our states. But I'm talking about having a covenant written out by the both of you and you sign it and date it. Those are called vows. And put them Put it in. Those are called vows. Right. But you you actually physically write them down. You sign them. And I have you, one of those. You put them in a frame and you hang it on the wall. Something that you can look at as a reminder every day in your bedroom. This is what we've chose to do. Well, that would be, that's a great idea. I love that because, you know, the last time that we got married, I mean, we did, and this was a surprise. He did um, a surprise, you know, reproposed right. and all of that stuff. And, yeah. Mm -hmm. And took me to Hawaii, Maui and in this little white church and, you know, we renewed our vows and he wrote his and I wrote mine mm -hmm. and maybe I'll read those sometime or post them on the, the website, mm -hmm. but mm, were they followed? Well, I'm pretty sure not. Okay. Well then guess what? Do what you promise. Well, I know, but God's going to hold you to it. I Do mean, that's, you, you know what, that's the one thing when I say that I'm at peace with the whole situation. Mm -hmm. And you know how I feel about everybody thinks I'm so odd because I haven't dated anyone. Well, I don't find that odd. Why? Well, you just, 
you know, God has a plan for your life and it just hasn't come into fruition yet. That's correct. But I mean, I know what scripture says about it. Well, scripture says technically that you, you couldn't marry right at this point in time. That's correct. And we won't go into that today. Right. But, um, there's nothing wrong with doing what you promise. No, there is not anything wrong with doing what you promise. And as a matter of fact, in the Gospels, which I'm sure that Andrew Forrest will go into when he goes into the next part of Matthew, but this is in Matthew 5. Jesus affirmed the commandment against adultery and seemed to extend it, saying, But I say to you, anyone who looks on a woman to lust after her has committed adultery with her. In his heart, he taught his audience that the outward act of adultery does not happen apart from sin of the heart. But that's actually not what I was looking at, okay? But that's one thing that he says about it. But this is what he says in Matthew. Jesus says this, whoever divorces his wife except on the grounds of porneia, which is sexual immorality, makes her an adulteress. That means if she has sex with someone else or marries someone else. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. So who is held responsible? Remember what Tony Evans said about Adam and Eve Mm -hmm. when he went into the garden after Eve had done what she had done? Who was he looking for to talk to? He was looking for Adam. Adam. It specifically says, Adam, where are you? Yes. Doesn't say Adam and Eve, where are you? No. Adam. And it doesn't say, Eve, where are you? Mm -hmm. You made a big mistake. And how dare you do this? And you've messed up everything. No. He called Adam from the very beginning. He was setting a hierarchy. Okay. Mm -hmm. Adam was to answer to God. Okay. And then... Adam was supposed to teach that to his children as he had them. Right. Men, you're to answer. You're to answer. You're to be the headship. Right. And women are the tail. Mm -hmm. And the head can't do without the tail, nor can the tail do without, there's not a tail without a head. Right. Right. So that is what he said. Okay. So I just go back to what would you do if you could see the devil's playbook? to ruin your life. And the reason that God gave us the commandments he did was for our own good, right? And God's purposes and plans are always fulfilled. But we have a choice. Are we going to do what God says? Are we going to take it into our own hands and do what we feel like doing? Right. Which will bring death. And that is what Tony Evans says. Right. I I think it's our job to urge others to keep their covenants. In the Christian community, we need to band together to fight divorce as much as possible. We serve a God who has gone on record on this topic. In Malachi 2.16, God says, he plainly says, I hate divorce. We need to combat divorce in the most positive way by honoring our covenants, encouraging others to do the same. Together, we can become known in our culture as the keepers and protectors of the marriage covenant. And that's what you were talking about earlier. That's what God gave you. That's what we need to do. That's who we need to be. Yes. So I think what we'll talk about 
probably next time mm-hmm. because I ask myself all the time, and I think this is the reason you're involved in it. What can we as women do to leave this world a better place than we found it? Encouragement. Encouragement, not just encouragement, but to speak up and speak out and stand up for what is fair, honorable, and that God leads us to, and then to make sure that if something's not right here and it's not being done in a justifiable way or it's being done illegally, like goes along with the family court system and divorce, look, this isn't working. Divorce has skyrocketed over 700%. Yes. Okay. Just in the last 40 or 50 years. And more than one out of two people that you stand with will be divorced at some point. And it's destroyed our family. So I think that's what we'll talk about the next time. And I think we'll end on that. Perfect note. Yes. What can we do as women to leave this world in a better place than we found it? And will we take things into our own hands and do it the way we want to do it or do it the way that God leads us to do it? So... It was a great chat this morning. It was. It's always interesting to yes. see where it leads. And Absolutely. that's what life, love, and relationships are about. See you next Tuesday. If you enjoyed the show today, share it with your friends so they can listen in to our conversations about life, love, and relationships. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cinderella Chats, the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. We look forward to our Tuesdays together and know you will too.